0: La 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 oh, This is the house that I have to deliver this mail to. Ding dong Man,
1: I gotta get that uh that that uh that doorbell fixed. That's a very boring ding dong.
0: Uh hello, who is this? Hello, I'm your local mailman. Uh we haven't been uh taken away yet, but I have a <laughs> mail for
1: you. Man, you're really fancy. You got a to top hat and everything for a mailman. Thank you. Is this where uh, I'm, I, a, is, uh...
0: I'm a very good mailman? The the more you do mail, the higher your hat becomes. All right, sir. As also being the greatest mailman ever, I deliver punctually. So here you are. It's it's unaddressed. It just says something called TTU.
1: Flop. You sound like um. What's his name? The guy from uh, Raising Arizona? Uh, John Goodman's character. No, no, the main character. I forget his name. Oh yes,
0: Nick Cage. Famous. You sound
1: like Nick Cage from Vampire Diaries. He
0: famously played a drunk in Leaving Las Vegas. Which man?
1: We know a lot about movies. We should I, I do wonder a what podcast. Packages and if open yeah, it let's up. Let's do that. Uh, let's make a. Open it okay, up. Okay. Well, you know
0: what? I'll just open it up for right. you. Alright, oh my goodness, this is the un, the disclosed TTU episode titled Flop. It's never been played before. Did you Shut just up.
1: open my mail? Shut your
0: mouth. Did we're you, as a mailman,
1: <laughs> without my permission, open my own mail?
0: I thought you gave me permission when you said I sounded like the You know, like it's kind of sad. Cage. I mean, you, you mailman,
1: like, you're, you, you're the heroes right now. Like, right now, as we're speaking i'm looking at the date at this when this thing was recorded the the u.s postal service was on like uh, was on congress right now talking about uh he was on trial uh at the house of
0: jeez uh, what's what's wrong house of representatives
1: anyways (laughs) no i'm just trying to be topical this is what happening with the post office at the time of this recording i
0: know but now we're a rogue state, and we control the United States of America. Anyways, you delinquent dunce. Oh, the USPS? Yeah, we're, that's it. We're the United States of Post Service. Uh, but we should, play this, we should play this tape, because I'm really sad these days. Yeah, well, I don't have a, uh, a tape I r- player. Here, I do. Here, let I me pop it in. <laughs> eh. Put the, it. the tape,
1: Hopefully, there's nothing wrong. it. right,
0: let's start it. Boop.
1: Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. This is um. Two thumbs undecided. Uh, two thumbs undecided. This is um our hundredth and blah, 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 episode. Um.
0: We don't want to show our age, I we... guess. We.
1: Yeah, because I I started. We started this when we were uh twelve when we were both 12 just young so, men uh, just young men and are um, pretty old
0: it's crazy yeah uh but uh this is a american tradition we are uh i believe the only video and media content on radio free brooklyn so you're kind of getting like a raw deal here
1: um yeah we are uh, some people may call us uh america's podcast
0: no don't
1: a radio show we're America's radio, we're That's radio true, show.
0: That's uh, true. Um, we are avid listeners of Comedy Bang Bang. They are Americans, uh, America's podcast. We could be America's radio show that also yeah. becomes a, a podcast. But I really don't want to steal any linguistics from any podcast. I want us to be our own thing, even though we are a tried and tired thing of two white guys talking about movies. Uh, I like to think that we're, uh, you know, just uh just us you know uh try to be something a little different give you a little different tilt to how we see movies
1: the um Cause we're oh usually, wow i'm actually kind of low on batteries um we're usually very the, confused yes i mean that goes with the territory of being undecided um our third thumb as she's been called recently Karina, uh, Karina who was on last week's episode uh said that we should have an episode in which we have people debate us if we're a radio show or a podcast which i thought would be funny
0: well i would be on Um, the side of we're a podcast i mean
1: see i would be on the maybe we should just debate
0: then okay but see i will say techno here's the thing i have to think about this we do come out as a radio show that's like saying if you watch a movie but you watch it in 30 minute segments is it a tv show no it's it's still a movie
1: yeah I, i i'm more just like um uh, sorry. It's there. It's morning, so my brain is a little bit slower.
0: Well, you're a professional. Um, darn it! So you should be I'm up sorry. to snuff.
1: You're right. You're right. Yeah, but, I am right. Um, we are right now. We're not really the a radio show since we are doing pre-records. But before the pandemic, we were doing all live shows. So we were very definitely radio back then. Um, but I would still argue we still maintain the same radio essence because we really don't edit anything uh we only edit for time but we're kind of forced to follow the time anyways when we are doing radio shows so we're just adhering to that same strict time that we are allotted um but yeah we're a media show we um talk about media uh i will say um there's a few things i was gonna say well let's just get into the news
0: Yes, what is going Um, on in the news? Once again, everything comes to a standstill in the quarantine, but hey, what are you going to do? Well, I got a lot of Uh news, really. Yeah, Shoot Um, it this way, baby. More
1: suggestions and, yeah, some news as well. Um, I also want to, uh, last week... um, I was fairly uh, off the rocker, I would say. Why? Off my rocker. So I was a little bit... Um, it was a long week. It was a long week. Um, so I was a little bit uh, uh, inebriated.
0: Yeah, for everybody, um, I think last week, uh, to put it, uh, last week sounded like like some sort of... Crying for help, uh, type. You were. uh,
1: It was. It was a crying for help. Which
0: I I, from both
1: Karina and I.
0: Yes, I. um, Um, I mean, hey, you know, my brother from the same uh, mother. uh, You, you need a a line to cast yourself. Uh, I am. uh, I'm here. I am not. But I'm fine now,
1: so I don't need your help. Oh. Um. But uh i do want to acknowledge that last week but maybe that might be enticing for some people because i think we were very raw um
0: Uh, not too raw like eddie murphy that would have been yeah we weren't
1: we weren't just reciting like like i said his whole stand-up
0: yeah we as two white guys we could probably that would be like a michael scott thing where he's doing the chris rock i guess because there's
1: um so the news for there's a bit of news um, first off, update on festivals. Yes. Um, oh, this, this week, this, this um, festival season is obviously very different from previous seasons because um, it's all going to be digital. And they all have made it very clear that they are limiting press for these festivals. So far, we've only heard from Venice, who has denied us the right to report on them. So therefore, I think we should make it a point on saying that I am denying the the right to acknowledge Venice, <laughs> especially since last year, the, uh, Joker won for best for best film. Yeah, I gotta I tell you, ya- Venice is a Venice is a failed um, film festival.
0: Um, you know, Golden Line. I feel like when uh, movies that should not be awarded awards get awards, it vindicates everything for people who don't that don't really have a great opinion on movies at least that's my opinion uh but like you could say, yeah, Joker is such a, a a basic movie, but it won the Venice Award and it's like, darn it, you're right it's it once again i it harkens back to suicide squad it's like suicide squad's a horrible movie, an oscar winning movie mm. um I'm I'm personally just tired of the Joker. That's the, I mean I I used to love. Yeah, it's
1: it. become quite the meme these days. It's such a meme, and also um, it's
0: like the epitome. It's like I imagine back in the day, if you were a theater, like in Elizabethan times, if you were wanting to play a character, it's like I want to play Othello, or who's the bad guy from Hamlet, uh, Araldo. Uh. It's like what are the greatest parts to play? Now, for some reason, it's like. Ah, I want to dive deep into the uh, twisted mind of the Joker. Like that's the part. The Joker has become the new, uh, like classic villain to play. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, it did come from literary uh, beginnings, technically. <laughs> I'm looking at the um
1: the the winners of the the Golden Lion, and there's been a few years in which um there just wasn't anything going on there was one year um especially this year uh there there was two years in the 50s in 53 and 56 that they just couldn't decide (laughs) so they just the, the, the the prize was declared void imagine going to that festival and like you're about you could win and the people were just like we can't can't decide it's done
0: no one wins <laughs> it's like what imagine yeah So no one imagine paying all that money and it's just like there are no winners this yeah i France. mean it's great i
1: guess for the the losers but
0: yeah but then the losers Anyways, don't know that they're losers and it gets all messed up
1: yeah but we're still waiting to hear back from tiff we're gonna apply to the new york film festival but uh i mean it is I- i'm gonna be honest we aren't indie wire we're not the new york times you know those places probably are gonna get priority over us. But I'd still like to hopefully get into the New York Film Festival at the very least, since that's our that's our bread and butter. That's,
0: that's um our, yeah, that's we, our we went there base. I, I feel like since we came there last year and covered it, we should uh, it kinda lets us slip in to the next one.
1: Um also especially since you know we won't be able to go places physically, um the New York Film Festival is Probably the only film festival we'll able be to to actually see these these videos in or these films in person. Um, so continuing on, uh, there's a few cancellations that recently just happened that are kind of shocking. Um,
0: do tell, do tell. Have
1: you do you know the show Patriot Act? Uh, no. The Hassan Hassan Minaj show.
0: Oh. No. On Netflix. Yeah, I never watched it, but I knew that. Oh really?
1: Guy. I really enjoyed it um i thought of the political comedy shows which are kind of a dime a dozen these these days i thought it was a very interesting you know take because it was really the only one that was hosted by first off just someone younger than 40 like it was a millennial hosting it um but also a person of color cuz i feel like I mean, all the late shows, late night shows, are basically political commentary shows now. Um, and but I thought it did a really good job of diving into topics that really aren't talked about too much. Um, like it's the only show that really. Well, I guess it was kind of in competitions with Last Week Tonight, but uh, but that got canceled. Also, Drunk History got canceled. Yeah,
0: that's the one that I was. I mean, in a way, I kind of feel like I've lived with Drunk History for the longest time. I remember when it came out on YouTube in high school and then it got a TV show and it, it's, it feels like it's been a decade of just drunk history. So in a way, I don't know why they're canceling it. If people watched it. it, was, did you see a reason?
1: I didn't see a reason. I think maybe it just wasn't doing very well. Comedy central is also like,
0: Oh no, that's the thing. Actually, you know what? I did see something. Um, I think they're trying to move more towards, uh, uh, animation, and so they're just clearing up cleaning up shop, so hmm. I guess they thought
1: I used to work for um not comedy nor not um comedy Central, but I worked for Viacom who is you know owns comedy Central that whole entire organization is is just they don't care about you know Quality. good content, I feel like they just care about the old ones and twos, if you know what I mean. Uh, um, or maybe threes. Um. There, but in in good news, and you know about you might know about this more than me, Zach. I do, I do. Um, there's a new show coming out mm-hmm. starring John C. Riley. That's right. Oh, yes, Tim Heidecker. Um, actually, Fred I... Armistead. Armistead. What's his last name? Fred Armistead.
0: Um, Armistead. Armiston. Armiston. Armiston Okay.
1: Called Moonbase Eight. Which is a new Showtime show. But it was uh, picked um, up
0: from 824. Um, but he- here's the interesting thing about that. I remember seeing this, honestly, two years ago. So this has been ready to go for the longest time. And uh, I was, sometimes I listen to this podcast. Uh, called uh, Office Hours with Tim Heidecker. Yeah, I don't Uh, like Office Hours. It's not the... I'm going to be blunt. It does not have the greatest structure. Uh, It's on... I mean, it has a structure. It's just I don't... It's... Some podcasts aren't... Like, like, I love me just... A formatted thing... I don't know. It goes on for three hours. And I don't really want to just listen to people just ramble. Tell you the truth... Uh, it's t- calling the kettle black. I honestly think that's kind of what our podcast structure is like. Well, um, I think the difference... Well, the, the, well, well, the difference is, difference is it's, between it's ours, me, and I don't really... I'd, well, I do
1: think the difference between ours and theirs... Well, first off, I mean, we're it's not, Tim Heidecker, so they're... Yeah. But I'm just talking about the structure itself. Um, I think they really play into the, the sound effects. Like, I think yes. Vic Berger... Has an audio board, and sometimes it's funny, but I listen to podcasts to kind of just mellow out, to either wake up or to go to bed. It is not, it, it's not really something that I can like fall asleep or wake up to. It's just very chaotic. Also, and
0: I can't they, stand podcasts that lasts more than and like ninety minutes. Then again, I I will say I do love it when a comedy bang bang is like 2 hours long. But it's because it's it's skits. It's like little it's little bits throughout the whole thing. Like an yeah. office hour is more just, okay, let's call up this person or hey, let's look at this. No offense to uh, Tim Heidecker. I love I do listen to it because I do find it funny, but I found out about the moon base 8 thing from his mouth via his podcast and i thought that was kind of cool it, it, like yeah it, his podcast here's another thing about his podcast it really does feel like i'm just one of the guys like just his like you can call in and if you're not crazy yeah, you can that's get true, on yeah um but it's it's really that is yeah.
1: something interesting about his format is that he has like this whole thing where people just can call in and they just have a conversation and, and it's, f- it's he treats everyone just like a friend,
0: and I gotta tell you, um, I don't know if he's all the way off, but he does. This office hour does seem like to be his only time he feels the most real. Yeah, like for the most part, he's always he's an interesting his dude. Characters. Speaking
1: um, of of podcasts, so I'm excited for Moonbase Eight. Uh, speaking of podcasts, though, um, a podcast that I'll recommend to anyone interested in the film industry whatsoever because i've really gotten a kick out of this um do you know have you listened to the roger deacons podcast
0: no but i know you've talked about it uh several it's, times it's,
1: it's 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 i mean it's i think it's called deacon's team or something it's deacons like just type in deacons it'll show up but it's him oh it's him and somebody else named deacon's it's either his daughter or his his wife, or his
0: or his son the, or his grandpa.
1: No, nah, I mean it's a woman. Or it's him. Um, but it's, it's so informative. Um, oh, man, I'm trying to look it up. Can you look this up for me? Just the Deacons podcast. Yeah. Uh, while I'm talking, Deacon. like, who's the 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 woman? Um, podcast. Because it's honestly, I mean, the woman it, I feel like is a little bit. She's the one that introduces it and stuff. Um, is it, but they have. Is it
0: called the making of a mosaic?
1: No, it's just called Deep. It's Deacon's podcast. See, we're so I'm I'm so unprepared. I'll I'll take the fall for this. Um, it's called uh, Team Deacons. Team Deacons. That's it. Yeah. It's ja- um, it's
0: it's it's two. It's Roger Deacons and James Deacons. How do you think it's that? Is James a woman's name? Oh. Oh, no, I think well, it definitely sounds like a woman. Oh, right? I see. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh it is wait, I'm so confused. It, her name is her name is Elizabeth James Purefoy Ellis. Uh but she is married to Roger Deakins. Oh, it's just
1: she's married. Okay. Um script supervisor. But she's also in the industry, no? Oh, she's a script supervisor. Yeah. Okay. Um so it's two people in the industry, they are married. Uh, and for those who don't know who Roger Deakins, I don't know. I mean, this. Sh- I feel like, I don't know why you're listening to this show. I mean, Roger Deakins is, but I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'll inform you. But Roger Deakins, <laughs> Roger Deakins is probably one of the most famous directors of photography there is. Um, He gets better than Robert. Done. Who's the one DP, like, uh, Tarantino's DP, Robert, um, Ugh.
0: See, I only know I George uh the Robert darn it, the guy who did there were famous uh DPs back in the day who did like Godfather and Taxi Driver and all yeah, that. Yeah, not stuff. him. Um, um pulp fiction. Or, I'll look that but you No, can not Pulp
1: Fiction. Don't don't look at Pulp Fiction. Quentin. Look at it's um Roberto Richardson or Robert Ri- Richardson is the um I think he's another famous DP. Uh, he kind of annoys me though because I think his—I don't like his his style.
0: I feel I, like I like he, his style. I think it, I think it's uh, it's quaint. It's nice. Well, it's not quaint. It's very much Quentin Tarantino. But it's
1: very—he's like Tarantino's. Okay, this is getting off topic. So Deacon's um has a podcast, but he brings on people from all over the industry, like every single job in the industry. I feel like he he had one closer to home for me about a, a, a color scientist. He brought a color scientist, and they talked to him about color science and, like, things that you wouldn't even think about. Um, he had... I mean, the reason why I knew about the show is he had one with the Coen brothers, but he more recently... I, I listened to one of Jeb Brody, who's the president of production at Amblin Studios, but he also... Uh, he was the president of... Um, what was it called? Um... He was the president of. Uh, he's been a president of a few things. I'm so bad with names, but uh, he's he. But United his States. trajectory. Yeah, he was the president of the United States. Um, his trajectory was so fascinating because he worked at the Museum of Using Images and like how he. They and they also ask really interesting questions. Like they ask questions. They really challenged him about like there's obviously some people don't like the studios. Like directors don't like the studios, and like, what is your take on this kind of like dichotomy? And he was like, um, I mean, listen to it, but he was talking about how that's not like the the studio system of today is much more collaborative than it was in the in like the seventies. You like don't in the say. 70s, there was there was much more of a of an anger between the two, um, and it's like what? he was talking about how today in the industry he thinks that your your professionalism and how nice you are to people really helps you in like the long run while well, back in the past you could be like the biggest asshole but you'd still you know be William Friedrich or whatever his name was the guy that directed The Exorcist who is a horrible not a great person uh, but he kept <laughs> well, uh, directing get, things Did
0: you get that because of this podcast I mean I've heard some stories but I No I heard n- that I just horrible. know that
1: from the the book uh,
0: easy rider raging bull. Oh I didn't I didn't get that um, he was an like I mean he was only an asshole. There was the whole
1: a... line there was the line where he the the woman like the woman who was playing the mom, she like they were they were pulling the string to make her fly back and she was telling the guy, Hey, can you stop pulling it so hard? You're really hurting me and then William leans over to the person who was like pull it harder and breaks her back and then he's like, "Keep the cameras rolling," and like they're recording her screaming in pain. And she's and they're like still doing is like that's horrible. That and like wh- there's just so many stories of like him just being horrible to his actors. Um, but you know, so I anyways, was I great, was think, see, great I think, podcast. Oh. If you're interested at all in, you know, how is things this, are set up, he, is there an he, episode he you would
0: recommend specifically, like? Oh, there was one. I mean, I
1: really like the most recent one. I really haven't. I mean, he's been doing this for a while.
0: Uh, He he just has so many people he's talked to. Has he talked Um, to any blue-collar people? Like, okay, so you're the janitor who sweeps up after a Scorsese shoot.
1: How dirty is he? Oh, he has one on on a DIT. Um, Is that a... I mean, I think the thing is, is, I mean, just like looking back on it. Okay, so this started, the first one was... From back, oh, I mean, it's a relatively new podcast. It started in April twenty fifth of this year. Um, But he has people like it seems like he's just getting deeper and deeper into so many various roles. Anyways, we should transition to our topic now. Um,
0: Yes, Um, we're running out of time. Yeah, pretty soon this is gonna be like a flop if we uh, keep going. Uh, Speaking of flops,
1: what do you mean by a flop? What is the definition of? A flop.
0: Well, a flop is something that if you put enough, uh, say, you put five dollars into a lemonade stand, but you only make uh, twenty-five cents, your lemonade stand is a flop because it's a financial ruin. And some mm-hmm. of the most interesting things in Flop Town is movie flops, movies that are sunk, that are given lots and lots of money, are thought it's going to be great, or really just commercially, you know some bum will like some somebody will watch it but then it doesn't Just get and it out are, man there are several movies like this and I it mean, is
1: i i i think and that's our f- topic for today is is is, is flops. flops um and it's i think a majority of films are are flops really i mean it's 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 you're taking a huge risk especially nowadays which movies are being made for like 200 300 million dollars like how like it's so hard to make that money back especially today since you know theater is i mean today not as in the pandemic but today as in before the pandemic theater attendance was going less and less and less so it's hard to kind of it's more likely, I feel like, for there to be a flop. But also, if your definition of a flop is just someone that doesn't make up the money, yeah, there's also like you're you're making money on, you know, yeah, what's it called, ancillary rights? That's like where you make most of your money. Uh, and I think the da- definition of flop is mostly from box office, which is the theater, uh, like money you make from theaters. Um, but uh, where do you want to, this is your topic, where do you want to begin?
0: Well, I mean, uh, right off the bat, there have been several flops in the last uh, dec- uh, two decades. Uh, some real uh, famous ones, some ones that, uh, you know, we've probably seen. Uh, so I'm just going to start off uh, right off the bat with flop, famous flops like uh, Battlefield Earth. Sometimes these uh, cult classic horrible movies are big flops and turn into cult I even classics. Know that is. Really? Okay, so it's a John it, it's called Battlefield Earth. It's supposed to be it's one of it's considered to be one of the worst movies of all time. But it's John oh Travolta uh doing a movie kind of emulating his love for Scientology. Like it's, oh. yeah, like it has a Scientology tilt to it, but it's about these aliens who are colonizing uh, humans, and then one human re- reacts back, and it's just so over the top. But it's it's a, it's you know it's supposed to be this great sci-fi movie, but it's just a cheesy mess, and it lost uh one hundred and eight million dollars, and the budget was seventy three oh m- million. Uh, and it only grossed twenty nine point nine million, so it lost a lot of money. And this is uh, the one uh, one hundred and eight million for inflation is that's what that's with inflation. But um, you know, so oh so, no. so I mean, wait, sorry,
1: I'm just looking at the the trivia for this Battlefield Earth. It, it's so juicy. Like Barry Pepper apparently won uh, the Razzie for worst supporting actor. And he blamed it on a weak. He blamed the failure on a weak script and poor production values. He claimed that John Travolta's paycheck took up most of the budget, and also apparently John Travolta offered the directing seat to Tarantino, who declined. Obviously, um, so there's a lot more. But yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, it's and it, it's also so that one there. That movie to me, if I saw the trailer back in the '90s, uh, that it looked horrible. Uh, just the way it looks, uh, you have John Travolta and dreadlocks, but he's got a huge head. It just looks uh, terrible. And then there's movies that I actually am surprised are flops. Uh, ones you would consider to be, like, how did this flop so hard? And one I remember liking, and actually has a cult following now, is the movie Treasure Planet, Disney's Treasure Planet. Now, of course, uh... A box office failure for Disney is like a drop, like a stone in a a lake. Uh, But still, um, during the 90s, I believe, or like early 2000s, uh, Disney was not the giant it was. Apparently it was struggling. Um, Yeah. But uh, it lost – it's interesting because it had a budget of – 140 million dollars uh grossed domestically 38.2 million uh and then uh, lost with inflation 120 million so it which movie was this again this is treasure planet it's that disney movie that had, oh yeah 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 i mean it, it had amazing effects it's a great kids movie it has a great concept personally i think that you know subverting a, a classic tale in say the Bronx or in space is you know an easy you know, like i feel like it you could go to hollywood and be like okay i mean this is how they did aliens but it's like it's jaws but in space i feel like that's the yeah. easiest way in a boardroom meeting to, that like I, ma- I imagine there's a whole book on how to pitch a movie i imagine there's hundreds but if I really wanted to sell out and really get my movie made, all I would have to do is say it's this, but in this, and um, Morgan Freeman's going to be in it, or like somebody <laughs> famous, and we're and like, or or we're, th- or we're thinking this is a comeback for Mel Gibson, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, well, and then you'll be kicked I, out of I, the room.
1: I think a lot of these, you know, I, I mean, the idea of of movies that. You're surprised they flopped? I mean that like we had the whole episode on cult classics recently. All cult classics were box office disasters. All of these films though, like like It's a Wonderful Life uh was a box office flop. Willy Wonka was a box office flop. Like all of these classic films. But here's the were qu- question flop. And like Willy Wonka, I'm looking at it right now. Willy Wonka only made 4 million dollars at the box office, which even for inflation, that's really small like that is not like you think of like what like what it's become today um like calling something a flop it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad movie which is what you were saying
0: but i'm wondering do sometimes you hear so much about a flop uh and i wonder if like say they kind of need a flop like if every single movie was a success what would the industry look like? Like is there a way to make more money? I mean of course there's the, the funny thing of the producers. is there maybe more money in a, a universal flop than than a success? Like is there well, a way to still make the money back even if it's a because in the late, re- recent years, I guess because we just pay more attention to it us because we have the technology, it seems like there's so many flops. It, it, like in the yeah. last 10 20 year like it seems like you have several Well that's several because flops. there's
1: so much money that they put into these films.
0: Cuz these studios you don't really hear too much about uh there are a few that I was looking at where they do make um such a bad movie that it does bankroll I mean, like uh the movie giggly giggly <laughs> Gigi, the one Ben Affleck how do you how would you uh sound this out g i g l i Giggly. (laughs) Sure. I don't know that. Have you never have you never heard this film? I guess I I guess I know more about bad movies than yourself. But this is also a famous famously bad movie, and it's not like a cult classic. Well it's a cult classic of how bad it is. But it was directed by the guy. Um, who did *Sin of a Woman*, *Midnight Run*, and the *Beverly Hills Cops* movie? Which *Beverly Hills Cops* is a like a franchise, a super successful franchise, and it's with Ben Affleck and um, Jennifer Lopez, and it's just horrible. I've seen scenes from it, and the it just it's it's a com it's a love comedy. Yeah, but it's super it awkward. It, budgeted,
1: it was budgeted at fifty four million, and then it only made. 7.3 there's worldwide. A,
0: there's a hilarious scene when Jennifer Lopez is trying to seduce Ben Affleck and she's like spreading, like kind of like doing the leg thing on the bed, like kind of showing off her legs and she's like, it's, it's turkey time. And then, <laughs> ben, and then Ben Affleck says, what? And then it's a close-up on her face and she just goes, gobble, gobble. <laughs> I think like so many of these flops though,
1: you can kind of predict That they're not gonna do well. Uh, I think anytime that you take people who are like writing on a high, uh, you think that like they can do no wrong, you take them and then you just have just a horrible story, or like it's, it's something that you, it seems like it's too good to be true. Well, in which it's like the great, all these great actors together. But then it's like the story. You're like, well, what's it? What's it about? That's not really that interesting. And I think collectively, like for instance, I think one of the greatest examples of a flop is Mummy, which this guy Andy Brody talked about because he was um, he was in charge of, uh, yeah, sorry Jeb Brody. He was one of the main studio heads of that film. I mean, no one. I didn't know anyone who was excited about that movie, but it was like, you know, a remake of or a reboot of a classic film with Tom, Tom Cruise. like it had all of these things lined up that I think studios think like this is going to be a, a cash cow." And then everyone is like, "No, it's not because nobody was asking for this. So
0: um, no, and here's the thing, whenever I can predict the, the way I predict a flop, like, okay, do little. Remember Doolittle that came out and died? I think that's considered oh, to be yeah. a huge... I mean, that had an... Uh, a st- I don't even remember that coming out. <laughs> uh, it came out, I think, actually during, like, on the very tip of the um, quarantine. And that's why it, really, like, yeah. died so bad. And also it looked horrible. And when it's so generic and it's based off something from, like, childhood, it usually stinks to high heaven. Um Mm -hmm. Somebody who comes to mind when I think of, like, recent flops or just is really, I don't know, not making movies that are that, uh, interesting anymore is, uh, Robert Zemeckis. I mean, I will say Flight was a very, very good movie, uh, tough movie, but, uh, his recent stuff like Welcome to Marwin, Allied, uh, The Walk, I heard, was okay, but, uh, also, that's another thing. If the title of the movie is like a one-word title, like The Table or uh, Jumping, something like that, it that to me screams, this isn't going to be a great movie.
1: Like any, any movie that I think has clickbait title, uh, like I'm looking at stuff. Um, oh, I just saw something. Um, also, if the trailer... Man, just passed it.
0: Uh, here's another thing. All the trailers, to me, look the same and have the same kind of music. You have a wide shot of s- something, like a- of a town, after se- maybe several like, close-ups, and then you have this, like... It- there's always this... Bing! Like this bing! You know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't it's, know what you're talking
0: about. It's kind of... I can't... I wish I could show an example, but it's always this one lingering note like there's something on the horizon and that's why they do the 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 wide shot trailers all seem the same and that's why all these movies just kind of feel the same to me
1: yeah there i mean this is um i do want to go back and talk about a little 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 history here because you brought up doolittle and i think Historically, I mean, I don't really know about. Um, oh,
0: Sam, hold on. I found my example of how all the trailers are all the same. It's this ding noise. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. It's a ding noise. Listen, listen to this, and you'll you'll completely understand. This is from just, Marvel's- sh- just
1: share the audio with me. You don't. We don't have to just share it with me.
0: Hold on. Let me just do it. Oh my god. So this is Avengers Endgame. <laughs> You hear that?
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as, like, how it... I think... I think um, Star Wars, honestly, kind of popularized that. Like, how Star Wars began. Like, that that trailer. Yeah. I think a lot of trailers kind of mimic that. Anyways, going back to, like, classic uh, flops. I think one of the biggest classic flops is... um, Cleopatra which came out in 1964 and it almost completely ruined Fox Um, and it was some people point to it as like the beginning of the end of uh, or it was kind of the end of the studio system because the the studio recast rehired re everything they shot in multiple places and I think they were really anticipating this being a huge like, historic epics were, I mean, Ben-Hur came out five years earlier, which made so much money. And typically, like, these big historic epics make a lot of money. So they thought, like, okay, we'll just make up the money. And it lost a lot of money. Um, let me pull up the, 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 the exact figures right now. Um, well, actually, it didn't do too bad. Well, actually, it, it actually maybe technically it wasn't a flop, but it it did bankrupt. I mean, I guess maybe this is the difference between different types of flops because it actually did make the money back, but um, it was it it really ruined Fox financially. Like they were unable to make any type of film like this. And although it made its money back, I think they were expecting a whole lot more money. Like they were expecting like double the budget and they kind of just made the budget back. Um, but the, at at what cost, you know, I think it it kind of ruined Fox for a while. Um, and one of the first, ins- one of the first instances of a flop um, is the, D.W. Griffith film *Intolerance*. Really? Um, Wow. Which, yeah, that's it's considered the first. um, I mean, that's a blockbuster, ever
0: or like a true epic. Yeah,
1: it was like the first true epic, but it was it was considered uh, the first multi million dollar box office bomb in film history. Um, It doesn't say it. Apparently, it bankrupted Griffith's uh, Triangle Studios. and it gave him debt. He had debt for the rest for two decades um, because of this movie. Huh. Um, but, I mean, there's been so many, I think, flops. There was a lot of flops in, like, the, the the 50s and 60s because these studios put in so much money to these things they thought would be a given, and they really weren't. H- Hello, Dolly is another instance. that um, <laughs> Wait, this doesn't seem right. What's going on? How is that even possible? I'm looking at the the I don't think this is right. I'm looking so I'm reading uh this is Film AMC Film site. Um and it says that the budget was 25 million, but the worldwide gross was 400,000.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. There must have been something that went wrong. Anyways, Regardless, it was a huge flop, which was also a Fox film. But that was another film that I think was a given—a historical, you know, a musical that was supposed to do really well with like stars, uh, with Barbara Streisand uh, and it, it, Michael Crawford, and it flopped. Um,
0: well, I mean, there's the, also the the flop that also, you know, you you can point to the flops, the hugest flops that uh, end a debt, like a a generation. Uh, and then we've talked about this before, but uh, Heaven's Gate, uh, directed yeah. by Michael Cimino, Cimino, which this is the budget. The budget was forty-four million dollars, and the box office was three point five million, which is horrible. And it's almost four hours long. Uh, yeah, which maybe that's that's that, I mean that kind of ended the whole
1: director run Hollywood thing which you know Cleopatra might have been the end of the studio system and then there's a transition to directors in like the the late 60s 70s and then at that point i think hollywood kind of learned its lesson and i think they they tend to now hedge their bets a little bit by having uh like they have the tent poles they have the but i do think now nowadays if we can take any advice or evidence from you know Cleopatra and from Heaven's Gate when there's more and more flops which i think there is more and more flops these days because there's so many remakes and there's so many things obviously pandemic withstanding i think this is changing everything but um it's it, it i think it's a sign of things are or something is going to change because so many films now no so many people are just focused on tentpole films well i say um which you-
0: I think the thing that's going to... harder. Yeah, no, the thing I think is going to change is, like, goodbye theaters. I mean, no one really... I mean, I know people love theaters, but uh, we're starting to realize we don't really need them and streaming, which is sad because the movie experience is classic movies, um, and who wants to see... You know, you get the big screen, but the theater-going world that, say, they had in the 90s and even early 2000s, uh, is, I think, uh, going to be a thing of the past. I think kids today are going to be more, be like, hey, let's have it streamed, you know?
1: I'm going to make a prediction. Shoot. I'm going to make a prediction that the new Dune is going to be a flop. Really? Because why? So? I think it's too, it's, it's, it's too many, like, the director who directed Arrival, I can't,
0: uh, well, he's a he's a successful director. I mean, financially speaking, his movies Dennis do bring v- in the money. They do bring in the Dennis money. Villeneuve.
1: Yeah, but like it's one of those things where you get a director at the peak of his, you know, at, in like his prime. You get stars at the peak of their like being thrown into a big, and it was the same kind of thing with the original Dune. And I think you can kind of predict uh, how things are going to go. Based on if there if you're remaking a movie that flopped, I think nine times out of ten the remake's also gonna flop because Dune it was Richard Linklater's was very you know popular at the time. Uh, what's ta- his face? What are
0: you talking about? Are you talking about David Lynch
1: or David Lynch? Sorry, David Lynch. Yeah, was at the top of his prime. Um, well, he only did one. I guess this two movies before that. Yeah, but like they were w- really well known. Like they got him a lot of. He was he was he was a hype person at this time, and they, they obviously, like Universal wouldn't have given him this much money if he wasn't very well known. But um, and it had like this young new up and coming actor, and uh, you know, I think maybe he wasn't as famous as Timothy Chalamet is now, but I just think. It's gonna be a flop.
0: Um, I actually, you know what? I will not rival you on that because one, Dune to me, it doesn't look as bad as the trailer for the dark, uh, dark, uh, not what is it, dark uh, tower, the dark tower, because the uh, Stephen Dune is a literary champion that has several books, um, and I compare it to somewhat to the dark, like it has a whole universe, a universe that's so ingrained and it and very hard to put on film um like the dark tower which is uh, uh, is Stephen King's opus uh and now they're doing a movie of dune and i think you may be right sam it looks great And lo- also one last one last thing uh one other film that is a
1: famous box office flop is bonfire of the vanities oh. which i've never seen but that there's a book about
0: Yeah, it almost ruined Tom Hanks' career. That and Bachelor Boys. And I don't
1: know exactly what that flop meant for what studios learned. Um, Maybe it was just the same kind of flop in the vein of, you know, because it was directed by Brian De Palma, so maybe it was like the same kind of flop... In which it was like, maybe we should stop giving directors as much power, but maybe it had something. I don't know what, if we learned anything from that story. Well, actually, um,
0: it's a, it, the, reason I'm, the reason I heard also, too, that people didn't like it as much is for the literary purpose of everybody loved the book, um, and they did not think Tom Hanks's character was uh, well-rounded enough. I think that was mm. it. Like The characters were wildly different than the ones from the book.
1: Well, anyways, uh, that's flops. I think we should transition now to things that we've seen, yes. uh, which I don't. I want to talk about my thing real quick because um, right. there's a show huh? that came out in 2011 um, called. Um, let me just pull it up real quick. It's called "The Story of Film and Odyssey." Have you heard of this?
0: Story of Film and Odyssey
1: No. It's it came out in twenty eleven. It's on Hulu. It's basically the history of film. Wait, what is this? But called? what's different? It's the story of film and Odyssey. Um and it it's it's yeah, it's the story Oh wait, I was trying to look it up. Um, story of Film and Odyssey. What? So it's 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 basically, it's this British documentarian um, named Mark Collins. Oh, actually, no, he's he's a film critic from Northern Ireland, which is British. It's part of Britain. Um, and it's, it's a very detailed depiction of film history, but not told like anyone else. Like, they really dive into women in, you know, all different, like, it's international film history. And it's something that I it's kind of a revisionist history in a way. Like, I feel like it really shies, like it kind of is anti Hollywood. Um, So it dives into like people talk about Marlon Brando as being uh, like the first naturalistic actor, but like, no, they were, you know, this female actor in China was like the first real naturalistic actor back in like the thirties. So it like really like picks apart thing, like the American idea that they were the first at everything. And it's really great. I'm three episodes in. Um, and it's still fairly modern. Like it came out in 2011. So it's like a lot of the, th- like it goes up until the nineties. Um, well, like it, you so said, it, it's still fairly modern.
0: Well, like you said, uh, theater and movies are going to change very dramatically, I think in yeah. the next year. So we'll see if I see that the last episode is called cinema today and the future. So we'll see if maybe they predict some stuff that will be The pandemic. Yeah. Or no, not the pandemic, but just like I feel like there was probably not as much streaming in 2011, if anything.
1: Yeah. So what about um? What about me? What's your? Do you have one?
0: Um, I haven't watched anything new, but I rewatched the movie Unforgiven, which is uh, Clint Eastwood's kind of nod to the aging anti-hero of the you know the the Wild Wild West, and Mm -hmm. upon rewatching it. I love it again. I thought it was great. I think it's... I mean, here's the thing. Clint Eastwood, I don't think is the greatest... It's funny. Clint Eastwood is not a great actor. Like, if you think of him only as Clint Eastwood, or just, like, if you think of him as just a guy, like, if I never know who Clint Eastwood is, I would say, well, this is kind of over the top. Um, But people like Morgan Freeman... And Gene Hackman and some other, like all the rest of the actors in it, I think they do a fantastic job of acting, and and it's I really enjoy it. It's it's also very strange to see. It's it's honestly one of the best anti-hero movies I've seen. It's so it's not it's not as obvious in its depiction of the anti-hero, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, of course, ever since Breaking Bad and The Sopranos Antiheroes have been Basically running Are are like Every TV show And every movie Is Is antiheroes We love the The bad good guy But this one This one feels a little Like we don't really We sympathize with him But We We see Kind of He's not crazy He was just a drunk And now he's Living for his sins Um Hmm. But Uh, I highly suggest watching Unforgiven it's fantastic performances are good Gene Hackman I think is great and there's some also great one-liners too
1: that's it for uh, today Uh, next week uh, Zach I'm going to be on vacation so Zach's going to have a special first time it's just going to be him it's just going to be me Um, so the
0: format is going to be much different uh it's yeah, well, bit- you
1: he'll ha- have someone else on, as well. Who we don't know yet, um, but it's up but yeah, to me to figure uh, it out. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, everyone, and adios.
0: I, Godspeed, Spider Man.